Welcome to SNAP, survivors of narcissistic and abusive personalities. This educational recovery podcast is presented by Claremont Mental Health and Mandy Friedman, licensed professional clinical counsellor. This presentation contains vital information for survivors of abuse. Topics include the spectrum of abusive personalities, targets of abuse, abusive relationships, and survivors in recovery. We hope this information helps you gain solid footing and clarity as you navigate your road to recovery. Mandy Friedman, licensed professional clinical counselor, clinically certified domestic violence counselor, and clinically certified trauma professional, the creator of SNAP, survivors of narcissistic and abusive personalities, and the owner of Claremont Mental Health. Today we're going to talk about how narcissists parrot therapy or self-help or spiritual messages or church-related messages, right? So narcissists have this really interesting way of taking things and wearing them as their own, right? So I like to picture them as a wolf in sheep's clothing and that sheep's clothing is Velcro. And so they collect things and wear them as if they are their own, but really they're just collecting things from other sources, other people, and figuring out what it is that they need to project and portray in order to accomplish their goals. And I'll go into this a little bit further. So. One question would be, why is it that narcissists parrot therapy or therapy-related themes or self-help-related themes? And one would be is to seem like that they care or like that they're trying to improve as if that they have the capacity for self-awareness and um, self-honesty and self-improvement and that they are capable of change. Another reason why they might do this is to fit in or to seem normal in whatever peer group or group they're trying to navigate within, they're going to want to fit in. So even though they may not really actually genuinely connect with the message on a deep and emotional level, they'll still know how to say the right things in order to fit in with the group. Another reason would be that they like to feel and act superior. So if they're able to parrot messages right at the right time as a way of putting people down or a way of seeming like that they are uh, more evolved than everyone else, more intellectual than everyone else, more spiritual than everybody else, right? But in a relationship, it would be a way of seeming like that they know more about these things than the person that they're targeting, so basically, they use it as a tool for superiority and making themselves feel um, like that they're better than other people. Another reason would be to manipulate. I mean, that's pretty much the main thing that's going on here, right, is that they're parroting and wearing around and hijacking things that don't belong to them, they don't believe in, they don't actually, you know, take the actions and behaviors and shift their thinking and perspectives, right, and true personal growth but they like to act like they're able to do these things. But by parroting these messages and using them at the right times, they can persuade people in whatever directions that achieve their goals in that moment. Also, it will support whatever projected persona they're trying to portray. So if they are trying to appear like a spiritual person, 
then they're going to parrot, parrot and mimic things that might help them uh, portray that persona if they're trying to seem like that they are uh, somebody who does a lot of introspective work or tries to be self-aware or tries to grow and evolve as a person you know if that's the persona they're trying to project that helps with that it also helps with you know seeming like that you're a good parent or a good spouse if you're able to parrot things that have to do with how you're supposed to create healthy relationships right then to the outside world if you're trying to look like a good dad even though you're just a weekend dad that doesn't actually parent and just takes the kids and <laughs> fills them full of sugar and takes them to Disney World and takes pictures and then puts it on Facebook and like makes it seem like that they're the, you know, they're the best dad ever. I think I call it the weekend dad. I've also heard Disney dad, um, right? So if that person is really wanting everyone to think they're a good parent, then, you know, parroting things that they've heard elsewhere helps to support that persona. Another reason why they might do this is that they like to manufacture soulmates, like in dating relationships early on, they need to portray something that is attractive to the person that they're trying to obtain. You know, you're a prize to be won. So, you know, if you've taken the SNAP classes, you know that there are things that we list that are common features among manipulative and toxic abusive people, but also common features of abusive relationships. And one of the things we talk about is the manufactured soulmate and love bombing. I don't know if you've ever seen the show You on Netflix. I think you could probably see examples of this at the beginning um, of season one and the beginning of season two, where, you know, he really does research about this person and finds out what they like by listening um, you know, eavesdropping or, you know, being in the periphery during conversations in order to collect this information, right? So they will manufacture not only a persona, but they're going to manufacture a soulmate or someone that, you know, you think you can connect with because it's all of a sudden like, wow, you know, me too. I like this book. I like this book too. I go to this particular church. I go to church too. We were just learning about such and such. Um, if, if you're saying something like this kind of music really makes me feel uh, alive or emotional. Oh my gosh. What about this song? And you're like, oh, they know the same song from the same album. That's so amazing. Right? So that's another reason why they would be parroting things back to you, um, that they've heard elsewhere is because they're trying to manufacture someone that they, that you believe you are connected with. Um, another reason is to win arguments, right? So they will hang on to things and weaponize them later in order to win an argument, right? So it'll be a tit for tat thing where you're trying to talk about something that just happened in the relationship that has bothered you or has hurt you. And then right at the right moment, they're going to parrot some or mimic some kind of a self-help or therapy message uh, to make it seem like that you are in the wrong in the argument. Okay, so then the next question is, how do they do this? And this is the part that people kind of don't believe exists, is that someone would actually have this level of what we call malevolent creativity, right? This is plotting and scheming and being strategic in order to manipulate. But they do. They most certainly do. 
they will do research on the individual that they're targeting, or if it's a group or an entity that they're targeting, they're gonna collect data on that uh, person or on that entity or group in order that they are prepared and they have things that they can use um, in order to fit in by doing this research. They're also going to um, look at what's currently popular on these topics, right? So if everyone's reading the book, The Secret, which I'm not a fan of, by the way, but um, you know the book I'm talking about, and I think there was even um, perhaps maybe um, a, a special on Netflix about it as well. So let's say that that's the popular thing. Or let's say a little while back there were um, some popular things on television about minimizing and living a minimalist life, um, right? So if that's the new hot thing, then they're going to watch that and then they're going to retain the information and then use it later on. So whatever is currently popular in self-help um, or in spiritual growth, or let's say within a certain um, culture of spirituality, whether that's, you know, church um, or something to do with even Eastern type philosophies. So this happens with people who practice meditation and yoga and, and those sorts of approaches. You will find that narcissists swim in those circles as well, right? They are yoga instructors too. <laughs> they own yoga studios too. Um, they, you know, they act like that they do their um, uh, meditations and mindfulness and all of that. Uh, they will also arm themselves and hold back on some things because they know they're going to need to weaponize them later. So as they are collecting data, they may just sort of chill with it for a while and, and then just pull it out when they need it. Also, they like to weaponize therapy. Now, I have a YouTube video talking about how narcissists go to therapy. So many people think, including mental health professionals, that narcissists don't go to therapy. And that is just plain old not true. It's not true, that's a myth. Narcissists love therapy for a number of reasons. Go check out that video on YouTube. Um, but what they're doing is, remember, we're answering the question, how? How do they do this? Well, they will go to therapy and they're going to um, take away the things that support what they're trying, their agenda. And <clears throat> they're going to um, also, you know, retain things that have to do with them being able to manipulate someone else in their life. Weaponizing therapy just means that they will take messages that they have learned in therapy and somehow use it to their advantage in the outside world to, you know, achieve whatever goal they're trying to achieve, whether that's in the workplace or a church or with the family or with their spouse or partner. Um, therapy isn't actually genuinely used as a way of getting honest and dealing with issues. It's more used in the way of getting someone off your back and uh, getting attention and compassion from the therapist, um, but also useful information for later that they can weaponize abuse and use to manipulate someone else. Um, and they also will claim to be empathic and they will hijack survivor narratives. I have a, a video about this on my Facebook page about how narcissists claim to be empaths. Oh, this is on my YouTube page as well. 
Um, yeah, and I think that the the cover of the, you know, the thumbnail for that video has a wolf in sheep's clothing on it, maybe. Um, so yeah, they will claim to be empath empathic and they will hijack survivor narratives that they have heard. So when you first meet this person, they might be telling you a sob story about how um, their ex-spouse or their ex-partner is alienating the children and that they are, you know, they cheated and they were uh, manipulative. And now they, now this person, the narcissist, they're acting like that they're on this healing journey themselves and that they are in recovery from a toxic relationship as well. Um, you know, and, and then that gains the compassion of their target, especially if the target is a survivor themselves. So they will rob and hijack these survivor narratives and wear them as their own. Um, they will also remember something that someone else said. You know, they were just part of a conversation with people that they're trying to be um, in, you know, in the group with. And they'll hear a story that someone tells or something that someone says. And if the group responds with like a real positive response of, huh, that's a great idea or that's really interesting, then the narcissist is going to put that in their back pocket and then regurgitate it later and act like it was their thought. Um, also, they are more about talking and having conversations and less about action and changing behaviors, right? So you'll notice that one way that they parrot therapy is by you know, just talking, right? And you'll notice that there's no actions that lead up to it. And, and reading a book, by the way, or acting like you're reading a book is not necessarily an action. That's just anybody can read a book, right? It doesn't mean you have to actually do the things that the book suggests, <laughs> right? So anybody can read a book. One thing that uh, a lot of these individuals like to read um, is the art of war, You'll hear that as a popular topic um, or anything that's Machiavellian. You know, they really do like um, reading about that kind of manipulative strategy. Uh, so that's a popular one. But anyhow, so you'll, you'll notice that you do a lot of talking with this person. And while you're talking, they say the right things or they know how to drop the little bombs of knowledge that they have been, you know, holding on to and can't wait to weaponize. I gotta throw my cat out. Hold on. You're being so bad. You're being so bad. You're disturbing mommy's video. Or not video. I'm making a recording. Hold on. Out you go. Come on. Bye-bye. Okay. Back to... Goodness. <laughs> okay, now let's give you some examples of things that you could go and look at so you can see what this looks like. And what, what really inspired me to record this was I was watching the new series, um, Marvel series, Hawkeye. And in the series, there's a young woman um, who takes interest in being, um, you know, the hero or vigilante type and her mother is well off you know they seem very wealthy um uh, she's a single mom when we first you know meet them 
and she, the mom's a narcissist or very narcissistic, it seems. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. But to me, the mom seems also very narcissistic. But anyway, so the mom has this boyfriend and, you know, she announces that they're going to get married. And you, there's a scene where they're sitting around the dinner table together and this new guy who is, you know, you can just tell that he's a jerk and that he's, you know, maybe in it for the money, that he might have ulterior motives. And the daughter, you know, the, the main character, she really doesn't like him. But there's a scene where they're sitting at dinner and he says a few things to her about how um, step-parents should relate to stepchildren as a blended family is getting, you know, getting comfortable and we're in transition into a blended family. But, you know, so he kind of regurgitates something that he read um, and the daughter kind of looks at him strangely, you know, like, well, how do you know that stuff? And he's like, oh, well, I read a book about being a good step parent and how you're supposed to relate to your stepkids, right? So his actions don't show that he, um, that he retained the information in the book, right? The actions don't show that he is truly, genuinely trying to connect with her, but he's able to say things in order to make it seem like that those are his intentions, even though his actions don't show that those are his intentions. Um, another story would be, and this is a true story from um, a friend of mine who told me this, and while she was with the abusive person, she bought a book hoping that it would help him become less of a jerk, um, that it might help him be more empathic or locate um, some spiritual aspects within himself. So the book was actually purchased, purchased and given as a gift to an abusive person as a countermeasure. And if you've taken the SNAP classes, you know that countermeasures are the things that we do in abusive relationships to try to teach the abuser or to try to somehow, um, you know, resist the situation and make it what we want it to be. A lot of people do a lot of things to try to change the abuser or to try to change the situation. Obviously, a lot of those do not work. <laughs> so the person who bought this book for the abuser was really hoping they would read it and go, oh, you know, the light bulb comes on. Well, obviously it didn't. Fast forward, they're no longer together. But he's, he's with someone new. And the new person um, discovers that he is abusive and eventually reaches out to the previous um, dating relationship. So now you have two exes of this abusive person connecting and sharing stories. Well, guess what? The abuser had on his shelf was the book that was given by the previous partner, and he kind of like presented it to the new dating um, target as that, you know, he read it on his own and how, what it, you know, how he what it meant to him, and the things that he said were the exact things that the previous target had said to him about the book. So he literally just took that and acted like it's his and then even took the statements and feelings uh, surrounding that book and parroted those as well. Those were not his thoughts or feelings about the book. So you would think that, you know, people aren't this malevolent, right? That they aren't so scheming and strategic, but they certainly are. They most definitely are. 
and parroting therapy themes or parroting self-help themes or spiritual themes or messages that they collect is one way that they manipulate others, gain favor and navigate, um, also dominate and, um, and, and assert superiority over others. Okay, have you noticed this about a narcissist in your life? That they parrot things, that they're a wolf in sheep's clothing, that sh that, but that sheep's clothing is Velcro, and you notice that inside they're just a husk. There's not really anything going on in there, but they're really good at seeming like that they get those messages, that they connect with them and that they understand them, right? Sometimes this is someone who is prominent in a church community or in a spiritual community, but it could also just be, you know, within a couple at home and the wife has some things that she's wanting to correct about the relationship. He has no intention of correcting anything and will do a lot of reading in order to avoid having to change. Isn't that funny? They'll do more work avoiding it than if they were to just honestly engage in it. But the thing is, is that they don't have the capacity. And that's where we are with it. Remember the thing I say a lot, which is, it's not that the light bulb is off. It's that there is no light bulb. Okay, I hope this has been helpful. If you like this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review. Find Mandy Friedman, LPCC, CCDVC on YouTube and Facebook. Join the Snap Survivors of Narcissistic and Abusive Personalities Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at The Official Snap. Thanks for listening.